And good afternoon, Charles Moskowitz here, Monday through Friday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining me. Let me just go live here on YouTube and I'll be in beeswax. Um, and also on all of the various streaming devices that we have. Let me make sure I've got that going. That looks good. This looks good. Okay. Welcome to the program, everyone on YouTube. I'm live here. And uh, I've got uh, a lot of new information about how to do this wonderful technology, which is very important to me. Uh, as I forge forward with a live program, Monday through Friday. And who do we have go? Oh, we've got Angela. And Angela, are you there? Yes, I'm there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, let's talk a little bit. First of all, Angela, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your organization. So I'm the chief of staff at New Journey Pack. Mm -hmm. And the basis of our mission is to realign Black voters with conservative values. Well, you know, I think that they're, first of all, conservative values. I mean, Black voters are, are a natural consist constituency for conservative values. I agree. I mean, growing up, I grew up in a very strict environment. You were expected to be respectful to adults. You were expected to go to church. I mean, these are all things that are still prevalent today. It said that um, the black community is the most likely to read their Bible, the most likely to attend church once a week. So this is a very natural relationship. And actually for most of American history, blacks voted conservatively. They so did. it's really just calling them home. In fact, there's some interesting sociological research done, which shows that from the period after the Civil War, uh, right up till the 1950s, the black family and the black marriage was mm -hmm. more intact and more honored in the community than, than white people. And that yeah. this is something that was noted by uh, sociologist uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan in the early 1960s. He had been assistant secretary of labor in the Johnson administration when he warned about such programs as a nationalized welfare program and and other things in that he said that this would have a particularly negative toll on the black community, but the whole country right. in general, and that it would adversely affect the black family. And, uh, and yeah. I think that there's a lot of evidence that he was quite right about that. Um, and the result is, of course, that, um, you know, there's been some disintegration due to national liberal programs like that, as opposed to helping people on a local level, you, mm -hmm. need, you know, who need help either through charities or through local and state, you know, community uh, initiatives. And that, uh, you know, liberalism has also done a terrible number on the black church, which I think was a Christian force in America. In fact, I think the black church more than anything else revitalized the white church you know, it was a great moral force. And, uh, you know, gradual infiltration by people like Margaret Sanger in the 1930s with the Negro Project, you know, trying to get abortion clinics in black neighborhoods by bribing black ministers. And, and, and liberalism generally, anti-business attitudes, uh, you know, programs that, that are, you know, big education where they've replaced cognitive thinking and, and, and phonics and and other programs with these behaviorist programs. 
they've had a terrible effect on the black community in this country. I agree. It's unfortunate because like you said, the black fort, the black church was such a force in America. It always called America to their higher calling and purpose as set out in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Um, and some of the greatest revolutions that we have had in this country have been in conjunction with the black church. And this is beyond just civil rights. Um, so it, it, it's an unfortunate that there's been this breakdown where a black Christian today is most likely going to be liberal. And I think that there's been a disconnect and there has been for a long time. The Republican party really lost touch of that black base a long time ago, really about 50 years ago. For a long time, they had decided to, uh, you know, after the Civil War, they said, we don't want to focus on that anymore. And you'll see this throughout history. You'll see that presidents like um, Herbert Hoover and others really avoided touching Black issues as much as possible. So why Blacks in the South for decades on decades up until 1940s couldn't vote, the Republican Party no longer was taking a stand the way that they used to. Right. Um, and so that was unfortunate. It was a breakdown. But, but yet, even despite that, um, Blacks in the North were still voting Republican, even though there was less of a civil rights focus. Um, right. I think the biggest thing that you saw happen was uh, Teddy Roosevelt inviting Booker T. Washington to the White House. Mm -hmm. And that was quite scandalous at the time. You know, a, a Black person in the White House is an honored guest, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that was there was really very little movement on the civil rights focus. You know, um, there was different things happening in the North. The North likes to act like, oh, it was the South that was racist. It wasn't us. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but the North was actually publishing the literature and the thought. You know, a lot of different Northern thinkers were pushing this idea that, you know, because of evolution, Blacks were less worthy as people. So this idea that, oh, it was the South that was bad and the North were these great, nice guys, that's not true. Um, so we have to return to our biblical roots as a country. Um, and that's where unity comes from. This is beyond politics, voting right or uh, mm -hmm. left. This is us coming together with one vision for all Americans. And so I still pray that that happens because when that happens, you will see a unity and a power in this country that we've never seen before. Before. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned eugenics. I mean, it was a liberal idea, a progressive idea, uh, I mean, which went out of style after World War II, of course, mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. But nevertheless, the main opponents of, uh, of eugenics were people who were opposed to abortion, people right. who were Christians, and people who were conservatives, the same basic coalition today. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and yet, um, you know, now they, they've repackaged that, that agenda. You know, they, they, they talk down to black people like their children. I mean, these are the so-called progressives. Right. And, and they, uh, you know, and in spite of all this, our black community has advanced major, in a major way. I mean, right. you know, people in spite of, uh, you know, real racism in the real sense, black people have, have achieved in spite of liberal programs in education in mm -hmm. religion and in, in culture in uh, business, black people have achieved in this country. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, at this point, you know, I think starting maybe in the mid 1960s due to the civil rights movement, which was spearheaded by Christian ministers like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Right. And, and Reverend Ralph David Abernathy and others, 
that racism has really been put on its heels now. This is an opportunity for black people and for minorities generally to achieve in this country. If you if you want to achieve something, you have a lot of things that are doors that are open are more open to you and and that that you know we are moving in a direction of having a nation which is based on on a on accomplishment and and individual advancement and you know and, and that honors a comp honors that and, and yet you know the 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 uh, the old uh, bugbear of racism is being revived by not just identity politics but also this sort of micromanaged you know kind of uh, you know race theory stuff where they look under a microscope and they say oh somebody said something insulting in 1962 to a, a black person or they were seen somewhat, you know, and, and all of a sudden everybody is being called a racist, which is the worst thing you could be called in, in this country. And right. it's, it's a terrible thing. And they're destroyed. And it's being used as a political football by the left because real racism has receded. So they're inventing it and they're, they're, they're amplifying it. I think as a way not only to to attack their enemies and create division, but also to avoid a real conversation about how left-wing liberal ideas have damaged the black community and that are in fact de facto racist. Now yeah, that I, I, it's that unfortunate. <laughs> there's a there's even when we're talking about Joe Biden's recent comments, you mm. know, that black people and Hispanic people can't get online to Walgreens to get a vaccine. You know, it's really quite embarrassing. They use the same argument to say why we shouldn't have IDs. Oh, well, black people wouldn't be able to get to the DMV, you know? Right. So well, it's very insulting. Um, they, they, there's this paternalistic um, idea that we have to lift up the black child and the black man needs us. It's a real white savior complex that liberals have. That um, and they do it in this idea that, oh, it's because we're great people. Um, it's either white guilt or a white savior complex, and it's not helpful. You know, Jason Riley has his book, Please Stop Helping Us. Mm. You know, a lot of these things that politicians try to do, they do it, you could say, out of the kindness of their heart, but it's probably out of a desire for power. Right. And they don't even realize that the implications that this will have for generations will be largely negative. That's why we should not be putting our trust in politicians to solve our problems. And that's why, regardless of what's going on right now, um, that's why conservatism is so important. The best thing for Black people to do is to push for smaller government, more localized government. You know, when you have uh, politicians right now talking about universal health care, for instance, if you believe that this country and this government is inherently racist, then why would you put your health care in the hands of the government? That doesn't make sense. And who do you think will receive the worst care if in the private healthcare industry, you say you're receiving worse care? Who do you think will be receiving, receiving the worst care in an industry that's not incentivized by profit? So, you know, conservatism is the logical answer to um, the issues that this country has faced. It should be that we should lead our own communities. We should be responsible for our own lives. And I just, I hope that the Republican Party begins to push this message more. You know, there's some weird idea going out there that, oh, you know, it's identity politics to do outreach specifically to Blacks or to Hispanics. 
And that's really. completely not true. Oh, they when have Trump to. released his platinum plan, it had specific plans towards the specific issues here. It's like being a doctor. There are different parts of the body. If the eye has a certain issue, I'm going to prescribe different things here. If the arm has an issue, I'm going to prescribe different issues there. The Black community has specific issues that affect us more. So therefore, a Republican politician should prescribe different conservative answers to those specific issues. And that includes slavery. It includes Jim Crow. So I'm really tired of hearing these identity politics um, you know, responses, we can take this back. We don't have to let the left seem run around and act as if they're the ones that care most of, about black people. We know that that's not true. Conservative policy can solve a lot of these issues that we see and we need to start pushing this out and pushing this information out into the black community. And that's what New Journey Pack does. You know, we had ads for various great politicians. Byron Donalds, we pushed and he won. Uh, we uh, supported Burgess Owens and others like that. Mm -hmm. um, we were pushing ads out on BET, on TV One, on Black television channels before the election and showing them, hey, there's another option. Because unfortunately, the Republican Party is not necessarily putting that out there. No, they could do so Comcast tried to take us down, but our ads got out there and people saw them. That's um, not, that's so we're why, fighting that's against this uphill battle. Why? I mean, the fact that Comcast would try to take you down. I mean, I guess that you know, look, the uh, the idea of a a growing black conservative movement is so threatening to the liberal establishment because right. they take black people such for such for granted, and they, they it, it carves into this whole weapon of using race identity against anyone who doesn't agree with the left. And that, uh, you know, I think that uh, Biden represents the old way of looking at things, this kind of white man's burden, you know, Rudyard Kipling, you know, better man than I, Gunga Din, you know, approach of, it's almost right. like a British imperialism, you know, that- Agreed, we can't like forget children. that he supported segregationists. Yeah. We can't forget that, you know, he called Barack Obama a clean, well-spoken, like, have you never met a nice-looking, well-spoken yeah. Black man? He said it like it was this anomaly. And even recently, um, you know, <laughs> you're not really Black if you don't support me and my my liberal policies. And it's very condescending. You talk right. about- All kids can be, poor kids can be as smart as white kids. Yeah. And also, you know? I, I want to touch on this business because he, he said that, you know, the reason black people aren't getting the vaccine is because they don't know how to handle the internet. Um, that th this whole agenda of saying that, and this is something that's pushed by people like Stacey Abrams in, in Georgia, uh, this idea that somehow black people can't ID become, get IDs to vote. You right. know, it's, it's racist and it's insulting. First of all, anybody, you know, I, you know, putting that aside, I do think that, that IDs should be free. I certainly, you know, if, if Congress is going to allocate $25 billion for voter reform, they can maybe afford a little bit of that money to go toward providing a free ID for people. But even putting that aside, of course, you know, it'd be so ignorant. Of course, Black people can get an ID. You know, of course. I mean, do we, do we not fly? Do we not have jobs? Do of we course. not? You've got to have, you've got to think that, you know, we're either we're invalid, we're unable to take care of ourselves, we don't drive, we don't go anywhere, we don't make any money. 
Um, you know, I can take my grandmother, you know, if she wants to vote, I can take her yeah. to get an ID. And my grandmother has an ID, by the way. Right. And if they're so concerned about this alleged problem, then why don't they put effort into helping people get the ID? I mean, it's not well, like- Well, what they're really concerned about is making sure that they can get around the yeah. legal voting laws as much as possible. Well, they're concerned about the voting liberal, Liberals have taken the civil rights movement and applied it to illegal immigrants in a way that I completely disagreed with. Civil rights was for oh. Black people and Black people only, descendants of American citizens who were exactly. a part of Jim Crow and a part of the different uh, racist tactics and policies in the North. Um, so now they're saying, oh, the I think the 14th Amendment said that anyone born here is a citizen. That was made for Black people. Yeah. Now you're taking that and applying it to an illegal immigrant. Right. You know, well, I have a real not, issue with the way you're trying to take the civil rights movement and use it to push all these things so that you can have illegal voters and illegal immigrants. Yeah. Um, you know, the civil rights movement was not, should not be allowed to be taken and used to further all these other interests. Well, well, first of all, you know, we, we, we've talked about how the, the, uh, the opposition to voter ID is just an attempt to steal votes. It, it's voter fraud. There's this phony group called the, um, the Brennan Institute. I don't know if you've heard of them. It was set up by monies funded by George Soros, and it's mm -hmm. basically a, a turf group that came up with a study. How they did it, we don't know, which showed that uh, not having, you know, voter ID was a way to suppress black votes, and uh, that's was was pushed by Stacey Abrams. There are now lawsuits in Georgia regarding the the fraud that took place there. I'm not, right. you know, we we can't comment on the end result of that, but we know that it's happening. And um, and so you have this uh, the genuine disenfranchisement of black votes by vote by by false votes by vote fraud that's voter suppression, but they want yeah. to keep that that thing and that piece in place so they can continue to win. Now, as far as uh, you know, immigrants, there's no such thing as a civil right for a person to go from nation A to nation B. You know, right. the civil right is actually with the sovereign citizens of any nation, whether it be our nation. Or, mm -hmm. or China, or Zimbabwe, or Albania, or wherever. The whole right. idea of a sovereign nation is that it is established by the citizens of that nation, and they decide who is welcomed into the national home and who isn't. It's right. that simple. Just like you as an individual decide who is welcome into your private home and who isn't. That's a basic. I mean, it, you know, this is something that goes to very the fundamental understanding of what it is to create a society. And um, the fact that they would extend somehow a civil right to people who are not American citizens on its face should be rejected because it's a false idea. Yeah, and it's a slap in the face to Black people it who is. fought and died for these rights, um, who fought and died to be considered a citizen. And you are just going to give all those rights and throw them to people who not saying they can't come and be productive citizens, but they should have to do it legally. They should have to do make a sacrifice to come here in the right way. Um, and so to, to think that you can just rip, and this is the issue with intersectionality. Mm -hmm. Intersectionality is the belief that unfortunately many black liberals hold that if we're not all free, then none of us are free. So they don't have an issue with sharing all of the fights, blood, sweat, and tears of black people through the civil rights movement with every other group that has an issue with America. Um, and, and that's wrong. That's where you get the people of color and black and brown people 
you know, instead of us focusing on what is uniquely black issues that we have in our community, they take the civil rights movement and apply it everywhere so that everyone gets to pile on and take part in our struggle, even if they're not truly an ally of the black community or caring at all about, you know, black votes being counted or caring all about, you know, black people being able to get jobs. You know, it's unfortunate. And this is what the Liberal Party is doing. This is what Democrats and leftists are doing. They're taking civil rights. Um, They have a white savior complex. They think they're going to save the world. They're fighting Israel. They're standing up for Palestinians. They're they're all over the world using civil rights, using the Black struggle as a tool to gain power for themselves. And it should be called out. And it's a huge issue and it needs to stop. Yeah, and, and it's getting you know more extreme now that, uh, that Biden's in place. And um, you know, there's almost a purge going on for anyone that isn't part of the, or in agreement with any aspect of what you call this so-called intersectionality, which includes people that really shouldn't, you know, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know what, what they're right. doing together. We, we don't need to go into some of the elements of that who's in that because if we do i'm going to get banned on youtube you know this is a you know the the kind of uh, frankly fascistic situation that we all find ourselves in now just last election i should note that president trump i think virtually doubled his vote amongst minorities amongst african americans and other minorities including black women i may add and uh, like here in Bo- here in Massachusetts, Trump did better by two percent in the city of Boston, but he did better by upwards of ten percent in places like Lawrence and Fall River and Holyoke, where you have a large Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. And that's because his his appeal is more to minorities. And by the way, that's not even including possible voter quote irregularities. If you right. get what I mean, we can't get so specific about that because we'll be banned on YouTube. We can't, in other words, in this day and age, you can't talk about that now. That's forbidden. Right. You know, you think that this is a third world country, you know, where, where there's a junta that comes in and you can't question how they got there. That's where we are now, I get it. So I'll, right. I'll, use, I'll use euphemisms. <laughs> what I would say euphemistically is that the black vote and the minority vote may have been even larger, maybe even quite a bit larger than we think it was due to irregularities. Let's just put it that way. So my question to you, Angela, is now that this has happened and now that the new government and the new regime is in place, what, how are things going in terms of keeping that momentum? Because it was huge among the black community to vote for Trump and support him and to support making America great and conservative causes and, and all the rest. How is it going for you at this point? Um, well, I, I think so far we're seeing Joe Biden show what his priorities really are. You know, he's already pushing for, um, you know, people who are in asylum, who are seeking asylum here in the United States. He's already pushing for them to be allowed into the country. Mm. He's pushing for LGBT, uh, a civil rights platform for them. Um, You know, so it's already clear what his priorities are. His priorities are not black voters, although without black voters 
and Jim Clyburn in South Carolina, he would not be the president of the United States today. Right. So basically everything that he's done so far has been a slap in the face of African-American voters because African-American voters should be first in line, not asylum seekers um, who really are trying to get into the country against the laws of asylum. It's not enough to seek asylum because you want a job. That's not, a, that's not the way that our system works. Unless you're coming from a war-torn country where there's real issues, right, you're where you're in danger, sure. you cannot be accepted for asylum here in the United States. But Joe Biden wants to change all those rules. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. Mm. Black voters need to demand um, you know, some fairness in his legislation. And his priorities are far away from that. Um, they're having a panel on reparations. We all know that that's just political theater. That's just, you know, liberals showing that they're doing something. Um, they had a black reporter who asked Kamala while she was running for president, what specific plans do you have that will benefit the black community, which was hurt hard in the pandemic uh, because they're largely essential workers and things like that. And she laughed. She laughed in the reporter's face left. Yeah. and said, what do you mean? I'm not gonna do anything just for you guys. That was her message. So black voters knew this. They still voted for Joe Biden. They still voted for Kamala, although many turned and voted for Trump, thankfully. Mm. Um, I think that the riots were used to really arouse emotion. And yet we haven't seen Joe Biden suggest any criminal, real criminal justice reform like Trump did. Yeah. We haven't seen Joe Biden move forward with anything that will really help the issues that so many came out and supported him for in the black community. Sure. So I'm not seeing much progress happening right now. They are so focused on impeaching Trump, um, which actually sadly is the number one demand of Black Lives Matter. Their number one demand is that Trump well, that's be over now. And they that didn't... he be barred from ever holding public office. Yeah, that 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 whole. I mean, they need him. It's like they 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 can't. This they're hooked on Trump. They can't stop right. talking about him. It's it's almost like they've made their dime from that for all these right. years. All the, the stoking up this irrational hatred of Trump that is never really articulated, and now all right. of a sudden he's like he's gone, and they don't. You know, their their ratings are going to start falling, and their donations are going to start falling. Maybe they need to have a new focus for their hate. Um, but I guess that, uh, Angela, on the, on the ground, so to speak, in the community, do people understand and resonate with what you're saying now? Because I certainly agree with you, but I don't, you know, I'm not in the community. So what, what's going on? I mean, what, like, you know, I've talked to Black conservatives before, and they always tell me that, you know, when they go back to to the family for like a, a a festival, everybody looks at them like you know they they they're like they're they're a leper, you know that nobody wants to talk to them about politics. Is that changing at all? And by the way, I say this as a Jew who has the same. We have the same phenomena. I mean, there are relatives in my family I can't speak to them. I mean, they, you know, because as a Trump supporter, I remember the Thanksgiving after after Trump won, we had to have a no Trump zone in order for me to go. So um, is the same phenomena occur? What's going on with the community? Well, you know, black people, the animus against Trump was really focused on in the media. They really painted Trump as making the country turn back to its white supremacist roots. And that they really painted as 
if black people don't get Trump out of office, then black people will start to be mistreated and lose rights and be disenfranchised. Did people oppressed. believe that? I mean, that was the message. When we tried to get our message out, like I said, our videos were taken down. We had to keep fighting to get things put back up, things put out there. So it's unfortunate, but we're fighting an uphill battle. Now, my friends largely, um, we, we don't talk about politics too much, mm -hmm. um, but I do have friends who know I'm conservative. I don't know how they feel about that. We've had some really productive conversations um, I, I honestly don't think that the average Black person who's not that involved in politics is really aware of the different things that are going on. You know, I had a conversation with friends back home about Joe Biden's comments that you ain't Black if you're not sure if you're going to vote for him. Yeah. And they had never heard him, those comments. Those things weren't on TV1, weren't on BET, yeah. weren't in the places that they would find that news. Um, That's right. It was and even on Black media, I was listening to the radio back home. And they were saying, we just want Joe Biden to stop talking so we can get Trump out of office. So and, they they know, really, and they didn't really know why. They just Right. They know that he's saying ridiculous things. They know that half the things he's saying are uh, borderline racist or, in, or inappropriate, the way that he treated young women, um, his comments towards voters who disagreed with him on the campaign trail. He called them dog face, pony liars, and all types of crazy oh, he's, things. And plus, not to mention the, the, the dementia, but we don't need to talk about that. Right. But the animus against Trump was so fed in the media that a lot of people couldn't overcome that. And sure. they just saw him as a return to the past. And Black people do have a real fear of returning to the past when there were less rights and less freedom. And rightfully, yeah, rightfully. I mean, the thing is that Trump was a champion of that in a way. I mean, he was yeah, I, I would even say he was the first black president. You know, he was really out there. He really put a lot of work into it. He tried to reform the prison laws, you know, the, the First Step Act, which released over 10,000 black men who had been in, in prison for minor mm -hmm. crimes. I mean, it, you know, the, the uh, choice, free choice for education so that a young black student can get into a charter school and get a sponsor and get out of these rotten inner city schools, which are the behaviorist based and which are treating children like they're guinea pigs, you know, and, and the, the free enterprise zones, which were bringing back business, the, the support for black churches. I mean, it, it was an incredible record, actually. And now we're back. Yeah, he to fully funded day. historically black colleges. Black and colleges. Yeah, that's right. The first time Historical black colleges are now getting regular, steady, yearly funding, something Obama never did. And so now you have a return back to the days when there's just the usual spewing of angry rhetoric and, and division as a way to stoke people's emotions. Yeah, look, the same thing is happening with Jews. I mean, this is not unique to blacks. You know, it's the same kind of playbook to kind of right. galvanize people on a few emotional issues and get them riled up. And we all then, everybody basically votes based on emotion. I mean, that's a given fact. I mean, I do right. it, we all do it. I mean, but at the end of the day, every no, not a single minority group in this country votes conservatively um, in a majority. Yeah. And so I blame, I don't just blame that on the media. I blame that on the Republican party. I do too. You know, don't be a victim, take responsibility for that fact. And we've got to communicate differently and we've got to communicate better to these groups. Now, the, the Democratic Party isn't doing, you know, isn't doing that much direct outreach to these communities either. They pay other groups to do it. 
So if Republican Party, if you're out there, if you're not going to do it, pay other groups to do it. New Journey PAC had people on the ground in Florida and Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and even at some points in Philadelphia, as much as we could with the funding that we had. Uh, so, you know, if you're not going to do it, then allow other people, fund them, so, you know, give them support, give them leniency, you know, say, please go here and communicate this. You know how to do this better. Unfortunately, Republicans are afraid of falling on their face, of saying the wrong thing, um, and of making an effort and then it not paying off. I'm not sure what it is, but it's bad logic and it's bad for our party, uh, for the Republican Party. So yo, I agree I totally. I mean, and I and this has been going on for a long time. With with the Republican Party doesn't really get it. They don't really understand what they need to do. The other side has the big money, the funding right. the, from the George Soros's of the world who are pouring money into creating more racial division and more, you know, microscopic race theories that are right. And you mentioned Stacey Abrams earlier. We have to keep this in mind. Yeah. If Stacey Abrams's plan that she used in Georgia, she is going to use in every other southern state that has a black majority. So yeah. as long as you have 25 to 30 percent of black voters who most likely 90 percent vote Democrat, you can flip that state. So this is Mississippi, this is Alabama. Um, to a lesser degree, this is Louisiana, that over the next few election cycles, we're gonna see heavy democratic uh, efforts to flip these Southern states. So you're gonna have her flipping Southern states. You're gonna have illegal immigrants, prayerfully not, but voting possibly within four years. So if the Republican party doesn't start fighting and fighting hard for the principles of this nation, and to communicate to minorities, uh, you know, it, it's not a, it's a very bleak picture for the future. It is. I mean, there has to be outreach to the black communities in, in, in these states to counter this, this effort. You know, they have right. a right to do it. So do we, we have to do it. I mean, right. you're right to hold Republican party responsible. I hope the Republican party is supporting your group and your efforts because you're out there trying to do this. Right. So, so, Angela, listen, let my listeners and viewers know where they can get more information about you and your group. Yeah, so you can check New Journey Pack out at our website. It's www.newjourneypac.org. Um, and we're on social media. We're on Rumble. We're on Parlor. We're on Gab. Uh, so please reach out to us there and, uh, you know, feel free to support. You can check out our work on our website. Mm -hmm. um, our founder, please also put him in your prayers. Our founder, James Bosnard Lee Golden, um, he was the producer for Rush, and Rush, so he's yeah. going through that right now. Um, so please keep him in your prayers as well. Yes, indeed. And, and you know, Rush Limbaugh was a great man, greatly maligned, not a perfect man, certainly made right. some major mistakes. But the overall message I think that he brought was that we can think for ourselves and we can cut through the BS that we're, we're fed by the establishment. Anyways, Angela, listen, I want to thank you very much for joining me. Let's do it again. Yes, I'd love to. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too.